Hello and welcome to another episode of The Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Mohanad is here. Hello. And he's here. And Bernie is here. Hello, hello. How are you? Which one of us? You want to go first? Well, you. I ended with you. I'll start with you, then I'll go back to Mohanad. I like it. I am feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm actually very hot in in the house right now, and it's, it's a bit of a problem, but other than that, I'm feeling good. I would tell you to take your clothes off, but we're on video, so leave it alone. Hey, I thought, I thought you'd like to see that. <laughs> I guess I guess we only have you for waist up, so it's probably fine. Monad, how are you? Good. I'm just thinking if Bernie takes off his shirt, he's got to get at least a yellow card. Isn't that the rule now? There's yellow cards for that, <laughs> yellow cards for... Didn't Messi get a yellow card this weekend for, for the tribute to Maradona, which was insane? But again, rules are rules, I guess. I, I guess. I mean, you'd yeah. think there would be some exceptions, but I, <laughs> yeah. I think. But Bernie, Bernie's punishment enough would be the fact that if he tried to take anything off, all the headphones would come off, the wires would go all over the place. <laughs> it would be a disaster. Yeah, it would this not be just... fun for the ears. No. Um, speaking of Maradona, any any thoughts, gents? I mean, like he's obviously been, he was in pretty bad health for a long time but it still seemed to kind of come out of the blue but did it affect either of you in any way it um it actually made me watch way more compilations and because obviously it's not through our not you know in our generation and you always talk about Messi and stuff but maybe watch a lot more compilations and just super impressed with what i've seen man like just i obviously know the story i've known what's going on but i have you know you know the last time i watched the maradona compilation was years ago and now it kind of all popped back up on YouTube. And it's just like some of the stuff was insane. You know, when I, you know, when I sit there and think, I don't think I'm ever going to see anybody as good as Messi again. You watch, it's crazy how similar they are in what they do. Obviously at different times and he got hacked way more. And that's kind of usually the highlights of the videos. But it's just very, very, very similar players coming up from the same club, same nationality, same stature, same left foot. Like how similar can you be? It's almost a clone of the same player. It's Without without the drugs and the um, you know other also, other, also other without the also without the World Cups for Messi so you know it goes both ways <laughs> yeah yeah it it didn't affect me and you know how people are all like upset and all that no mm-hmm. it didn't affect me in that and mostly because as Monet said we didn't get to watch him like that except for one game like against Nigeria '94 but I was six so clearly I didn't know what was happening. Um, but, you know, I hear my dad, my uncles talking about him and that generation only watch international football, right? They didn't get Premier League until the even mid-90s, I would even say, right? So international football really was heralded. So Maradona was it for a lot of people in my dad's generation, especially. So I, I recognize that and recognize him for what, he, for what he meant to that generation. And, you know, one of the best players ever. Like we have to accept that. And it is kind of sad when you do lose someone like that. I think it's a really good point about the whole people supporting national teams. Cause I remember even early on growing up, it was like Brazil, Argentina, you know, even back then it was the Dutch or the French or whatever. Like, yeah, international football was a much bigger kind of part of your life because you didn't get the constant football of the leagues on TV 24 seven, but you did tune into the major tournaments, right? It's almost, Almost a little bit like North Americans now that aren't following soccer. They even know they come in, watch the Euros, watch the thing. Back then, it was similar because you just did not get any local football on TV as much. There was no such thing as going on and finding a stream. They either had your either your local channels showed the leagues or they didn't. And for where we lived around the world, chances were when we were really young, it just didn't. It's true. Although the Americans that do that now, they call it the FIFA. 
Yeah, that's true. They, they've watched the fever. But I, the, the thing that struck me about Maradona, and I, I use it as an excuse to um, re-watch um, the documentary um, that was made. Was it HBO? I forget. Anyway, and it's brilliant. And and the thing that really struck me was the the move to Napoli and the relationship with Naples. And if you think, I mean, it's like Messi moving to like Torino now. Mm-hmm. And then leading leading them to two championships. I mean, it's bonkers. And and you're talking about international football, Mo. So I forget which year it was, but there was a World Cup in which Italy played Argentina while Messi was at Napoli. Maradona. And, uh, sorry, Maradona, yeah. And the the Northern Italians like really looked, I don't know if it's still the case, probably to some extent, but at least certainly at the time, really looked down upon the Southern Italians. And they would, you know, when Napoli would come and play against Milan or Juventus or Inter and stuff, they would sing really derogatory chants about people from the South of Italy. And so it, apparently during that World Cup, like Maradona actually got Neapolitans to support Argentina over Italy because their their affinity to him was greater than their affinity to the country that that kept kind of spitting on them. I mean, that's just an incredible legacy, well, incredible, he, he, incredible amount of power. In '84, when he joined, um, apparently his unveiling was what seventy-five thousand people in the stadium in Naples. Like that's insane. You see the murals all around. You see the fireworks that they were doing out his death. You see, like, and then Napoli, I think, were what seventy years or so without any significant success, something like that. And then he came in, and what they won the league, they won two European. Uh, cups I believe like something ridiculous like he came in and absolutely turned around the club single-handedly like it was you know it was insane they finished second in the league in 89 and then runner um yeah they won their second league title so they won two league titles and just turned them around it's insane astonishing stuff and obviously I think that's what Maradona gets credit for right go ahead Bernie he gets he gets credit for that he gets credit for uh, the 78 Argentinian team apparently wasn't anything special, <laughs> you know, and, and he did what he did. So it's that, it's that thing that we talk about with, I can't remember, we had this argument about some player where it's like carrying people who have no business doing anything to success versus having a wonderful system built around you type of thing. Yeah, yeah. 86 World Cup obviously stands out as one of his top performances. Like that tournament, top to bottom was just insane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you look at the footage from that kind of thing, and and Mo, you you mentioned how how often he just got kicked all over the place, and it, it's hard not to watch that and and not think. Uh, it's hard to watch that and not think, you know, how what he could have done on today's pitches with today's rules, and uh, I mean, it would have been, it would have been, I mean, it would have been like Messi. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think they're pretty much the same player, just suited for the time that they played in, pretty much. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's move on uh, from one controversial South American to another. Uh, Bernie, um, what do you make of your new striker who rescued Manchester United this weekend and then did a racismo? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think I think racismo is a uh, par for the course in Uruguay. I think it's it's part of the you know, citizenship test. <laughs> I, 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 I joke, but um, people are drawing parallels with the Suarez thing because of the word Negrito, um, which he used. Uh, he said, gracias Negrito, because someone congratulated him. Uh, apparently it's a term of endearments. Um, look, it, it, it's a bad look. Don't do that. Like, I don't, whether he knew or not, he's going to get a ban. And, you know, I stand where I stood with the Brando Silva thing. 
your intention doesn't really matter. It's about setting an example. And if the ban is what you're gonna you're supposed to get, that's what you're supposed to get. But people need to not conflate that with Luis Suarez, who actually didn't use the word negrito. <laughs> he said, I, I kick you because you're black. I don't talk to blacks. Blacky, 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 blacky. <laughs> so he didn't actually even use the word negrito at all. So let's let's not conflate those two things, or some people have tried to do. No, fair. Um, you would have thought, however, that uh, you know Edison might have given him a call and said, "Look, I'm going over there." Any do's and don'ts? And apparently, you know, either that conversation didn't happen, or Suarez really failed him. My favorite thing is when Alex uses his tweet material in the podcast, like three hours later. <laughs> 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 no, what took me for a second was was when he used his first name. I was like, who are they? Oh, I see. <laughs> Look, a good idea a few hours ago is also a good idea now. So it's like Correct. Twitter is this testing ground for material. Like, okay, do they respond? Yep, they do. <laughs> All right, podcast. <laughs> I'm actually releasing a book. I'm just not telling you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, on the field, I mean, this game was insane. Southampton are a good team this season. They're not easy to play against. And, you know, in the first half, they did the job. They scored their two goals. Um, I think a great header uh, by Bednarek, if I'm not mistaken. And then Ward Prowse, just with his best Beckham imitation. Um, he, he looks really easy on the eye with those free kicks. They're really nice. They go in the right spot. David De Gea, I think, got injured trying to save it. <laughs> Which is, I'm sorry. I know it's really painful, but when a keeper crashes into the post, it's one of the best things. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. It doesn't happen often enough. I know what it does. It's just, it's weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, coming into the, you know, coming into the second half with 2-0 up, relatively comfortable in the game. Yes, obviously United were still trying to do their thing, but they weren't really at it in the first half, Bernie. Um, even though, you know, Alex got the lineup that he wanted with uh, with uh, Donny van de Beek starting with Fred and Bruno Fernandes, which I think is your, probably your best three midfield. I, I just have to disagree a little bit in, because the first 20 minutes, United were actually in control of the game. Possession-wise, <laughs> tackles, everything, they had, the, they had the ball. Commentators were like, this is not the Southampton that we're used to. There's no press. They're confused. United controlled the game, and Southampton scored with their first shot which was a corner, and then a free kick and offered nothing. Well, and then after that, they took over the game because United's heads dropped. But without that goal that they score, United are probably winning the game. Mason Greenwood had a, had a chance that he should have converted. Then a second one he should have converted. Bruno had two he should have converted. And it was just, it wasn't actually the first 25 minutes. It was actually a good performance from United. And Donny van de Beek was actually at the center of that. And, and they, we know then they won the game in the second half by absolutely just destroying Southampton. But we go back to the Greenwood thing because I know we know the situation he's in and we know the time he's kind of going through personally, etc. Those finishes are his thing. Like when he was one and one on that first one, I believe, where he was central, I was like, that's it. You know, that left foot is gonna hammer into that goal and there's no mm -hmm. stopping. And it was a really tame shot in the middle of the goal. So that was definitely really weird. And it's kind of a it shows the time he's going through. It's not a good time personally, but probably also his football is suffering as a consequence. So you, you saw that very clearly in those chances. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. Like, like you said, he usually hammers it and he doesn't even hit it low. He hits it high and usually smashes the ball that way. So it, I, expected, I expected him to do better. Um, but yeah, I think he's, he's, he's clutching at straws right now. Um, but he was taken off at, at halftime and I think almost to protect him. 
not not like I think it was definitely tactical, but I think it was also listen, bro. This isn't working out. We're gonna take you off. Like you need you need this breather. You need this break. And then Cavani couldn't get his shoes tied <laughs> forever. Um, well, he didn't. He didn't need them. He just scores with his head. Seriously, <laughs> Ole actually like wouldn't stop banging on about that in his post match press conference. Like a couple of people were like. Drew, drew the obvious comparison with Cavani. They were like, well, you know, he came off the bench and scored goals and that's what you used to do. How similar are the two of you? Which is a ridiculous question. But he was like, well, I was like, well, uh, I used to be ready. I, I had my boots on. <laughs> I was like, really? You're going to dig him out? <laughs> He's just rescued you. Well, you know what they say when, when all his job is on the line, these guys turn into Brazil freaking, <laughs> you know, 2002 We were joking about that. Yeah, we were like, at halftime, his job was on the line. So, therefore, there was no way he was losing this game. <laughs> it's as if, if like, Ole's doing all the players some sort of little favour and they're worried they'll lose it if he loses his job. You know what I mean? Something extracurricular. Won't yeah. go into it. Um, but <laughs> I'm, actually uh, thinking, I'm actually thinking more curricular. It's just, like, he's probably so laid back. They're like, I don't want, like, a, a proper manager coming in here and actually making me do stuff. Let's just keep this actually, guy as long as we can. Actually, I think you're right because uh, I don't know why I've read so much Ole content this week, but um, he was he was saying something about in, in the week he was saying like he was really not looking forward to telling Bruno that he was going to rest him in the <laughs> Champions League or something, and it's like that's literally your job. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Anyway, um, but he, so Cavani came on, obviously changed the game. Do you see him as an impact hub, or do you think he should be starting games? Do you think? he needs to be in the first 11. I think it depends what's happening. I think Martial's in a bad patch of form right now, right? So because he's in a bad patch of form, he needs to go to the left and Rashford goes to the right. That's, that's, that's what they did against Istanbul. That's what they wanted to do in this game, apparently, until Martial got injured. Um, and then they needed someone on the bench. But then again, there's an eye on the PSG game, apparently, as well. And his fitness isn't great. It depends on the form. The way that um, Ole wants to play is a revolving front line, and that includes Martial, Rashford, and one other person. Um, and from Cavani's first, from Bruno's first goal, coming from Cavani's cross, Cavani can actually play on the on the wing if he needs to. So he can start as a nine. He can start on the wing as he did at PSG many many times. He gives you a lot of good options. Well, I just feel like this. You guys play the front two. This was like a diamond, wasn't it? Like a four-four-two diamond. It felt like a diamond when I was watching the game because Fred was kind of out more towards the right with Matic kind of holding, and it felt like with two up front, it suits a player like Cavani. You have a speedster in Rashford, then you have a kind of a focal point in Cavani, similar to kind of what we talked about Chelsea a little bit. But you know, when it when it goes right for United, then it's all fluid with Rashford, Greenwood, uh, Martial, etc. It looks fantastic. It looks amazing. But I think when you really want to guarantee a little bit of end product and guarantee the system working, I feel like that a central guy, that focal point in Cavani, can actually do you really good. Just, just to add to that, the, the way that they played was a diamond in the first half, but it was split forwards and Bruno making runs into the center, a bit of a false nine. With Cavani, mm. Cavani can occupy the wing, make the runs into the box. And when you have Bednarek and Vestergaard, two trees, essentially <laughs> you, mm-hmm. like to your point you need that focal point striker like it was the the tactics in the first half I mean they controlled the game but didn't really make sense from an attacking point of view and Cavani brings that change and then you you can get in, in amongst the trees essentially <laughs> <laughs> so are you saying that Southampton are the most ecologically friendly football team 
two literal trees at the height I, of the defense. I think their crest is a tree, no? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. It, it does strike me when you, you when you guys were talking about the United formation. You know, we know that Solskjaer used to play a lot of championship manager and it's a very championship manager formation, you know, with like the attacking midfielder running with the line straight between the strikers and the strikers with the lines running out wide. Very, very influential. Anyway, um, Bernie, the, the question about Cavani and the starting 11 was a trick question because he is suspended for three games. Has it been confirmed that that's happening or do we just know it's going to happen? I'm just assuming. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> I expect that to happen too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, from a very exciting uh, game with lots of goals to uh, one that was significantly less so, uh, Chelsea nil, Tottenham nil, a top of the table clash sort of in that Chelsea would have gone top had they won Chelsea uh, Spurs remained top having drawn um anything anything take you by surprise here like last week we talked about how Pep walked straight into Mourinho's trap I actually want to give Lampard some praise for not doing so yeah but people people are saying he's he wasn't adventurous enough this was your chance to go top of the table people are saying his record against the top six was not good i don't think they've scored a goal yet against the top six if i'm not mistaken this season something like that Chelsea? yeah mm, I there's know. some yeah so, some stat like that where he just doesn't seem to um to be doing it against the top six um but i don't know i thought in the second i mean this was a game a bit of two halves as well the second half was literally all chelsea Spurs had no shots on target Nothing, not, you know, barely any possession, um, barely kind of um, Mendy was involved. And it was just all Chelsea the second half. And I feel the, the quality was a bit lacking. I mean, it wasn't obviously for, for, for the players on the field. The players on the field are fantastic. But I still didn't bring it the second half. Like Ziyech was, you know, he's doing his best KDB impression with his crossing <laughs> crossing game. And all he was doing is cutting on his left outside and, 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 and crossing it in. And I just thought it wasn't penetrative enough you know even when Giroud came on they, they missed a lot of good chances but again Chelsea just solid at the back and that's what they've kind of been doing again we talked about Kante finding form Thiago Silva playing really well Reese James obviously Mendy Mendy's just solid man he has like five clean sheets in six games or something like highest clean sheets in the in the league and having only played like six games because uh, he joined later right so yeah just overall I think Chelsea should have edged this one, just one nil, based on the flow of the game. Bernie, what did you think? Um, I I agree that Chelsea should have maybe edged it. Um, there was that Werner chance or goal that was disallowed, rightfully so, and all that. But I I, I think when we, if we say that Lampard um, didn't fall into the trap, yes, I mean no, he didn't fall into the trap. But then I think he was didn't fall into his own trap from last season, uh, like against Mon is right he didn't score against Liverpool didn't score against United didn't score against Spurs now and I think there's one more that they played or maybe I'm wrong about that but he is clearly not parking the bus but the handbrake is firmly in position um Mm -hmm. with with Lampard which meant this was always going to be a nil-nil because Jose was not going to come out the traps to attack them at all it wasn't going to happen so it wasn't a boring game like the um, City and Chelsea was it City and Spurs Last week, yeah, yeah. yeah, City and Spurs. It wasn't as boring as that, but it wasn't interesting either as a result. Yeah, I mean, I I, I thought like technically there were some interesting things going on uh, um, in terms of Chelsea dominating the possession and doing most of the attacking, but also leaving like always leaving enough men back 
to to try and deal with the counter, which they did for the most part. There, Spurs actually had a couple of chances. Like there was the early Bergwijn one. There was the Celso losing his brain at the end. Like that could have that could have won it for them. But Mourinho's Mourinho's defensive tactics have have taken on a new level because uh, now he's got he's got like Sissoko and Hoiberg going back into the defensive line to sometimes make like a back six. And then and then it's like Kanan and Dombele become the central midfielders. And then the wingers, if they get the ball, become forwards. It's it's quite interesting watching this kind of... It's almost man-marking. It's almost like his Sissoko, like you just follow Werner wherever you go. And that kind of thing. Although I suppose we saw it with the United, with Herrera and... Uh, who was it? Hazard. Yeah, that worked well, that game, I remember. But also... And Dombele had another good game, I thought. Like, just as defensive as they were trying to be, he would still kind of, he's, he's just so skillful, wriggling out of, out of tight play, uh, spaces, finding the passes when people kind of converge on him. It, he, he's starting to become one of my favorite players to watch in the league, like just from a game, just an individual perspective. Like, mm-hmm. he wasn't the case last season. Obviously, we know the issues that he went through. We saw in the documentary, et cetera. But this season, he's fun to just watch in isolation. Um yeah, I, I have time for him. Oh, there, there are a few greater things than an Ndombele compilation vid. It is a, it's a lot of fun. What else? But yeah, I mean, overall, what Spurs stay top of the top of the table with that draw. So you you know Mourinho is always going to go for it if that's what it meant. So they are still top tied with Liverpool. Chelsea missed the chance with two points behind. But. Yeah, and interestingly as well, just looking at the table, it, Spurs actually, Spurs and Chelsea actually have the the two best defenses. So Spurs conceded nine, Chelsea conceded ten. Um, that looks to be by quite some way the the two best defensive records, which is interesting because last season neither team could defend. Like at all. Right. They also um, have the best goal difference. I mean, by far from the rest of the league, they're both at twelve with the. Next highest being West Ham at six, or maybe Villa have seven, but that that freak eight two game versus Liverpool. But yeah, both of them really far away from the rest of the pack in terms of goal difference. So good defense, but scoring a lot of goals. The, the hilarious thing about this table is that there were ten games in, and we don't know who's won the league. <laughs> Last year, Liverpool had won it after five games, essentially. Now we have we literally have no idea. I mean, we'll get to Leicester later. They lost, but if that was that's ridiculous in the position that they're in. Yeah, Tottenham Liverpool lose, Leicester win, Leicester go top. Like United can go third. Like this is a stupid, stupid season, but I'm, I'm enjoying it extremely for its stupidity. Well, let's talk about the team that uh, that didn't win then, and, and aren't you know the same team that they were last season. Brighton won, Liverpool won. Um, I know Liverpool are dealing with a lot of injuries, but what what happened this weekend? It's um, they were a bit stale this game. Um, Salah came back um, into the starting lineup after his COVID issues. Um, he had a goal disallowed, really good goal disallowed um, for uh, for offside, just marginally. And then obviously Jota scoring his customary goal for Liverpool. This um, is five and five, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's got a crazy amount of goals right now. And then it was just like one of those games where Liverpool were controlling it just enough, but not controlling it enough for a one nil. Um, and you always felt that one nail that you're not controlling this game well enough. You need a second to be sure of it. Sadio Mane actually scores in like the 85th minute to put it to bed, but again, um, ruled ruled out. So then obviously the inevitable, just that penalty 
the dying moments of the game, not even minutes, dying moments. Um, I thought it was a penalty. People are making a big deal out of it. I don't know why. I, I mean, I, I saw Liverpool fans genuinely, like, homicidal, like, threatening to kill referees and stuff on the timeline after this. Yeah, but do you see the replay? Like, Welbeck nudged it, and uh, Robertson just kicks his foot. Like, I don't, I don't get what the problem is. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, we talked about this Liverpool side last season. We talked, we praised them constantly. This season, it's a bit up and down. Remember that we were praising them hardcore last week with like all the missing players and still going out and what fresh and Hustler was it three 0 or something? Yeah. Um, this game, Brighton one one, right? Same players. So it's a bit. If anything, Salah back. So if anything, they're they're a bit. Their form is a bit topsy turvy this season. Um, still good enough to keep them at the top of the table, but. Like Bernie said, not good enough to pull away. Yeah, I'd maybe they've bef- become dependent on Jota. <laughs> They're a one-man <laughs> club all of a sudden. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, boy. Um, who have they got in the Champions League this week? Don't know, actually. The, the goal difference only being five is really low for Liverpool. Usually they score a lot, keeping clean sheets, but... Well, this is the interesting thing is they, so they have conceded a lot. They conceded a 17, but most of it was while Van Dijk was in the team because they've barely conceded a goal since he left uh, or since he got injured, rather. Um, they've got Ajax this week. Okay. So they can probably rest people. I mean, no disrespect to Ajax, but they're generally a team of children. So, yep. You would um... think. Uh, what else? Yeah. I mean, we've also got Leicester who, could have won this uh, if they had won. Was it today? I think it was the Monday game, right? Yeah. Um, somehow losing to Fulham two one. That was when when Brendan Rodgers gets too close to the top of the table, things tend to fall apart dramatically. Yeah. Like <laughs> I just don't think hey, what there's there's some sort of inferiority complex. Like he just doesn't really want to be there. Yeah, but this was this was a game against Fulham to take you top of the table. <laughs> At home. Yeah, like that. There's no excuse for that. Like, yeah. I mean, when Fulham got that penalty, I think the whole world was watching. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people lost a lot of money on that penalty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was hoping. Um, I really was. <laughs> we actually made a, myself and Alex made a pretty cool note on Fulham when we were watching and that they're starting 11. Um, usually, you know, you're looking, you know, you want you want diversity in your team. And, and Fulham is actually, um, yeah, I think, not eight or nine of the starting 11 um, are black players, which is very cool. Yeah. Um, I I yeah, I was watching the game and it just, I was like, hmm, a lot of these replays and close-ups, let me kind of just take a look at the full team. And it was like, yeah, eight or nine, which was interesting. Yeah, it's in direct contrast to Burnley, who have only white players. And so, you know, this is you know, some sort of con- contest and hopefully Fulham will stay up and Burnley will get relegated. <laughs> yeah. Well, Burnley are on the right path by losing 5-0 to City. So oh, that. Thank God for that. I mean, Mahrez just decided to show up mm-hmm. and he just killed it. He absolutely... I mean, Mendy scored his first goal for City, apparently. I couldn't believe it was his first goal. It doesn't make any sense. Really? So the commentator said his first goal. Bizarre. I okay. I know. I know you, you get annoyed by De Bruyne's crossing and everything, but that little ball for Mendy's goal was delicious. Uh, Mohamed, please t- t- take it from here. 
Listen, man, he's way too he's 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 a really good player. He's way too talented to just look up and whip it in every time he gets it on the wing. Like I just I'm bored of him already. Like fine, he can rack up all the assists in the world, but if they all look like that, I have no time for you whatsoever. I I, I so I think that to Mona's point, KDV, I mean, I, I don't think we're gonna ever disagree that he was the best player in the Premier League last season, but you're right in that it is a little one-dimensional. Um, and I think that's I mean, Bruno Fernandes is the best midfielder in the Premier League right now. Not overall, I would take him. I would of, take him as of right now. He is. Yeah. He's playing. He's playing like the best midfielder in the league, and it's because there's diversity, there's variation in the way that he plays. And I think you just find KDB just incredibly predictable and incredibly boring right now. Robotic. Just I know exactly what's going to happen. He's always on that right side. I can see, like you see it ten seconds before it happens. He looks up, looks back down, whips it in, and that's it. Like, I'm just so, like bored. I, and I understand that. Although I would suggest that Bruno, who's playing as like an orthodox number 10 with a ton of license, whereas De Bruyne is, you know, a number eight under a manager who has strict instructions. And so like you see different things from De Bruyne when he plays for Belgium. And I think what he does at City is largely what he's told to do. Sure. And, and, he, and he did he did break the record for the fastest player to 50 assists in the Premier League, I think. Mm-hmm. Something like that. He's top. Um, I think Ozo, Burkamp, uh, Cantona, a couple of people in there. But um, yeah, he's top of that. He's top of the table now. So, you know, he's a great player, obviously. And yeah, the best player in the league a couple of seasons that he's been here, etc. But I don't know, just getting a bit predictable. And I think that that could be said for all of City, even though this game, obviously, you know, they really... They really uh, let it out, but overall, they are predictable. KDB is kind of a little bit epitomizing the rest of the team and the rest of the way they play. Um, but yeah, that's just my take on KDB. You know what it is; it's always the same. Won't change. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, if it contributes to Burnley getting absolutely smashed, I'm fine with it. <laughs> is uh, John Stones is a footballer again? Uh, I really didn't see that coming, to be honest. As in, he's playing, or he's playing well. Yeah, he's playing. Yeah. Oh. When I saw his name on that, I was like, huh? <laughs> What's happening here? Is this allowed? Well, Ruben Diaz also got subbed in the 70th minute. So we might see Stones, Eric Garcia next game. So oh, you never know. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I just confirmed it is Mendy's first goal in 40 games. Wow. He's only played 40 games since 2017. Yeah, that's... so yeah, that's less than a season's worth of games. Thirty-eight in the league plus Champions League. He's played like half a season in three and a half. I, w- or so. I wonder if Zinchenko gives Mendy like ten percent of his wages because <laughs> otherwise he would never have played a game. It's basically his agent. <laughs> that's a good point. Play as you play, deal. <laughs> uh, Arsenal one, Wolverhampton Wanderers two. Um, is this full meltdown? It's three losses in a row. Is it even about the losses? I mean, it's even it's even worse than that. <laughs> oh, good. Well, you know what I mean. Like, it's I don't think people are 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 going crazy because we lose. I think even if we had won one nil, people would have still been upset. Like, I don't. It's beyond points now. It's, it's the inability to play what looks like football. Yeah, I'm glad you went there because I thought you were going to say something, you know, detailed. And I'm like, no, it's literally cannot play football. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's actually not an exaggeration, Brady. The last nine games and last nine hours of football or so have been unbearable. 
like you're sitting there, you're just on Twitter, you're like doing other stuff. You're just like, you're not even watching the game. Nothing, nothing is happening on the screen. Literally nothing is happening. You've got inability to pass forward, inability to be creative. You've got Shaka who plays on the same line as the center backs, even though it's a 4-3-3. You've got William who is just old and uncreative and unambitious. And you've got Aubameyang who since his new deal has not been able to kick a ball. And you've got... It's just like, I, where do you even begin? You know, Sabayas is running rings around his his own shadow. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, Alex. Well, we've talked about this. I mean, I'll let you go, but I just wanted a couple of stats. Aubameyang got three mm-hmm. passes all game. Jesus. Shows you that shows you what's going on. The pass map of our game is in that U shape. That's why Arsene Wenger left. We used to call it the, the shoe, uh, the horseshoe passing pattern, which is from left Tierney. Dick, 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 Bellerin, dick, 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 Tierney, dick, 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 Unai Emery is doing quite well. Yeah, yeah, he really is. Um, I think um, what what's his name is available. Um, oh, the Italian guy. What's his name? Uh, Allegri. Allegri is available. Yeah, it's time. It's, Bro, it's- we can't get him while we're fourteenth. <laughs> Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. That is career sabotage. That is what's it called? Career suicide. If he joins yeah. us. No, no. Like, Do you, we we really have no choice now but to let Arteta do his thing whether that is run everything into the ground or slowly turn this round there's not really there's, there's no point pissing about with it now with with the same ownership and the same squad and what have you like you just have to let things run their course and and have very minimal expectations no, man i hope you keep him forever i i i really do i really i do. see I yeah, see what's happening I really, here. I really hope you keep him forever. I mean, well, still beat United too now. You, you might get relegated. Really, what does that mean if you're not in the Champions League and you're way below us in the table? Get the hell out of my face, <laughs> mate. You can beat me every season if you want to, if I'm above you on the table consistently from now on. Also, keep, playing Thursdays. Keep, keep, keep which you might mind. not even do at the end of the season because you're so shit under this guy. Keep Good. in mind, keep in mind that Fabio on Twitter, what's his name, Fabio Romano or whatever his name, mm. said, Watch out, Arsenal doing a madness in January. <laughs> so I will just put that on the table. You know, I would just watch this space. You know, Grealish it is. Anyways, point is horrendous. Just not looking forward to the next game. Spurs in the league. Mourinho, I hope, I hope Mourinho stops being an absolute idiot and just comes for us. If he tries to play conservative <laughs> against us, he needs the sack. Just come at us, man, son. Kane, whoever, whoever. It could be just Son and Kane. No, but and you guys can defend, it. though. You, the, the one thing you can do, I mean, this game was a bit of a fluke, except for Podence making Gabriel look like, like a, a B-Tech Kurt Zuma, even. Like in the Yo, game. that like, Podence score was very good. It, it was the amazing. Yeah. But still, like, you guys can defend. I mean, <laughs> I'm looking at the stats of Emery versus Arteta, and literally the only stat that Arteta wins is goals conceded, which is 47 to 35, and but shots it, allowed. It's you're not, pretty amazing. You're not actually allowed to do that. Well, look at stats <laughs> for you. <laughs> you compare, I don't know. Yeah, we don't. No, or compare two clowns with each other? Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I'm just going to say Bernie's manager kind of agendas roulette is amazing. <laughs> Arteta's great. Now he's not. Lampard, like it's just whatever the flavor of the month when it comes to managers. Bernie's like, Arteta's great. Everything's good. I like that he has a plan, blah, blah, blah. Now it's like, ah, it's fraught. The real, the real, the real test will be when Marco Rose goes to United and it goes wrong in a month. Then, then we'll see. What? How dare then we'll, you? How dare then you? We'll, <laughs> then we'll see. Um, but I, I did want to touch on one thing, which is the um, the Jimenez louise crash, which was disgusting. Um, and Jimenez, we've learned, has a fractured skull, and you know, hope he recovers and is still able to play and what have you. Um, but Arteta said, so Louise came back on the pitch, which seemed completely mad at the time. Mm-hmm. And Arteta said that they took him off at half time because he was uncomfortable heading the ball. And that to me seemed like absolute madness. Like, there, was no, there was no reason for him to play another 45 minutes. He shouldn't have played another minute. Yeah. Yeah, that was insane. That was crazy. You got Rob holding on the bench. Just bring him on. Like, it's not worth it. His, his head was spewing blood during the game. You could tell he was avoiding headers and jumping for the ball and stuff. So it's like, yeah, it was, it was, it was not, it was not cool. It was not responsible. It goes against everything that I think we're trying, the league is trying to do or football's trying to do in terms of concussion, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, that should not be left up to the club or the player. That should be maybe a call. Maybe, maybe, maybe a, I don't know, an unbiased sort of a medical body on the field that makes these calls, but someone needs to have called that off. And it's not Arsenal's role. I think Arsenal's doctors to make that call. Yeah, yeah. L- Louise needed to go. He needed to go. And I think he needed a brave manager um, to make that call. Because, listen, we heard the crack, right? And we know that, um, what's his name? Uh, Jimenez was taken off for, I mean, at the time, they didn't know a factual skull, but it took 10 minutes. Like, you think David Louise really is okay? Like, I think, as you guys are saying, rightly saying, in his own best interest, take him out. His head was even bleeding through the, the, the bandage. Mm-hmm. So you see that. He's got to come off. We've got to become more responsible here. Like, yeah, the, the guy job. just guy just had a baby girl like a couple of days ago, man. Like, this is not the time to be doing this kind of stuff. Money to yeah. your point, it's it's literally life and death at this point. Like, it really, yeah. it's not even an exaggeration. It really, really is. We don't even know if Jimenez is going to play again. Like, people are saying, yeah, he's comfortable. Whatever that means, he had to go through surgery. Like, we, you know, I, I'm reading online about people comparing it to Ryan Mace. You know, he never came back. Yeah. Um, check you saw what happened to him i mean with the hat and etc cetera, etc cetera. like it's just yeah I, I wish him i wish him the best and you know back to the game i mean wolves did this to arsenal without their top scorer best player goal threat you know for the whole game pretty much subbed off in the first minute so that that's also worry <laughs> <laughs> yeah well they, i mean they were just like the thing that that struck me was how much sharper wolves were and how quicker they were to the ball and and all that kind of stuff like you, the goals specifically both came from Arsenal players not reacting to you know the second ball and it it's awful to say it but both times like David Luiz just completely just it wasn't well, there you also it's not, saw, not a surprise is it you also saw in the second goal the, the difference in reaction between Beller and Podence they were mm-hmm. both standing there they both saw the shot go towards Leno uh, and then one was just watching and the other pounced on and made a great goal out of it it was just I remember tweeting when I was watching this game like I don't see anything that I see in other games from Arsenal. There's no, there's no kind of urgency. You know, they're not buzzing around. They're not overlapping. They're not switching positions. They're not making things happen. It's so predictable. And that's kind of why, it's almost why, it is exactly actually why Emery left. Yeah. 
No, it's, it's absolutely true. I mean, I, I do, I, I guarantee you right now that Arsenal next week and whatever they do against Spurs will be their best performance in a long time. I guarantee it because Arteta does seem to be able to organize them and motivate them for the big games, but it's everything else that is that is a massive problem at the moment. Um, mate, mate, I will remind you. I will remind you one more time. Mm. January madness. Well, it's happening. So I, just to just to you know ascertain how big of a madness that needs to be, Mona, I, I just want to do a very quick exercise with you. Um, Bernie, if you will indulge us, we I'm just going to run run through the squad, and Mohamed, you you just say stay or <laughs> stay or go, okay? Okay. Ben Leno, stay. Renarsson, no, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm not even going to do Matt Macy. Uh, Bellerin, not starting eleven. Okay, that's a go. It's this yeah. is a binary thing. Uh, Tierney, stay. Saliba, stay. Socrates, go. Gabriel, stay. Holding, go. Cedric. Go. Mustafi. Go. Chambers. Go. Mari. Go. Louise. Go. Kalasanach. Go. Saka. Stay. Ceballos. Go. Uh, Ozil doesn't count because he's leaving anyway. Stay. <laughs> All right, I'll give it to you as a figurehead. Uh, Maitland Niles. Stay. Partey. Stay. El Nene. Go. Uh, Willock. Go. Smith Rowe. Stay. Xhaka. Go. <laughs> Lacazette. Go, go, go. <laughs> William. Oh, my God. Go ASAP. Get him <laughs> out the door now. He was even more useless than he was the game before. <laughs> you got an assist from a set piece. Aubameyang. No one cares. Stay. Pepe. Go, like, go before William. I'm so done. I'm so done. At least William, I didn't expect anything from him, and he's, he's still disappointing me. Reese Nelson. Stay, whatever. <laughs> Generous. Eddie and Katia. Sure. Okay. Uh, Martinelli. Who? Oh, stay, stay. <laughs> okay. So I have a squad of 25. Uh, you've, you've just about got an 11. Just about, yeah. Just yeah, And they're about. not all in positions that can all play in an 11. No, no, there's no midfield. No. No, it's just Thomas Party just like wildly trying to hold things together. Bro, Thomas Party had not had a significant injury in six years. Three games into his Arsenal career, he's out for months. <laughs> Anyways, I'm done talking about this team. Let's talk about another team that's shit. Everything. Hey, they lost. So obviously, again, Carlo Ancelotti starting to shine. Dini is out, which is a big loss for them. Yep, and then Leeds like. Everybody, Captain Calvert Lewin, man, Leeds concede like I don't know, water through Lederhosen. <laughs> Point is, this is the game to score. It's Leeds. Oh, what happened? Oh, water through Lederhosen. Yeah, oh, I was trying man. to think of something. Any uh, podcast title, please. <laughs> it Leder- will be Water Through Lederhosen. Or how, how do you spell Lederhosen? Lederhosen. Um, yeah, I, I triple captained Calvert Lewin this weekend. I've never used triple captain before. I kind of always forget it exists. But I was like, Leeds, yep, conceded seventeen or whatever it is. Let's let's do it, and uh, they pulled it out. Yeah, I, I didn't expect them to win a game one nil. I thought hey, they only win games four three, five four, <laughs> six five, things like this. Um, yeah, like uh, 
listen, I, I think I think there's been a little bit of fraudulence and a little bit of magic at Leeds. A lot of people were like, oh, they're going to dick teams around. They didn't really do that at all. Everton doesn't count because they're trash and they were always going to revert to form. Whatever the opposite of the cream rises to the, is it to the top or whatever is? Uh, it's the cream rises to the lederhosen, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the opposite of that. The shit drops to the bar. Exactly. Whatever that is, that's what Everton are. Like they're, they're the greatest flatterers to deceive. Uh, right after Leicester, but Leicester won a league, so Everton are the greatest. Not think about it. I think that's fair. I mean, they did start with the Wobi at, at wing back, left wing back this time. Yeah, like I mean, I I know he came on and and played at right wing back last week, and it kind of worked. But starting Alex Wobi as a wing back and Tom Davis on the other side, I mean, come on. Yeah, they're <laughs> missing a lot of players. They were missing. I mean, Ben Godfrey played at centre back, so you know they they were missing a lot of players. Um, and and people are starting to say, oh, the league is figuring out Hamas now, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll see how that goes. Richardson is back, though. He's playing well for them since he came back from injury. But I, th- I want to say Rafinha's goal was really nice. He it was, took it yeah. really well. Really well. And Jordan Pickford's short arms. I'm not get to it. <laughs> um, I, I wonder if the lead's figuring out Hamas or whether it's getting a bit cold. I mean, not to be proper English. Right football man about it but well I, I called it at the very beginning i said exactly what's gonna happen i said on day one hams is gonna have a purple patch of the first couple of games where he takes the league we'll say oh look the fancy european guy and making it happen blah 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 ozil talk will come back up and then i said kind of by new yeah. year it'll start to get her out so yeah yeah fancy foreigners coming over here with their gel <laughs> and their hair <laughs> and their assists <laughs> taking our jobs bro put it into the mixer (laughs) Duncan Ferguson's on the bench just hating it all bro I love that I love that saying put it in the mixer oh man I love it it's epitomizes everything it's not bad is it it's not bad um Crystal Palace no Newcastle two don't care other than the fact that you know I took Callum Wilson out to put Calvert-Lewin in so there you go you're welcome everyone um, West Ham beat Aston Villa. This was a this was a Alex. There's a word that you English people use, and I like it. Argy bargy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't know the origins of that well enough to know whether it's derogatory to it? Argentinians, but it's possible. <laughs> Why do I feel like it's from that famous sitcom, um, Coronation Street? Isn't there a pub? Isn't there a pub called the Argy Bargy? If we knew, we would have to admit that we watch Carnation Street, which we we don't, and we would never admit anyway. No, it's because I see it in the uh, in the jokes and the stand-ups. You guys talk, I'll find it. I I, so I've looked up. Miriam Webster says um, definition of Argy Bargy, chiefly British. A lively discussion, argument, or dispute. The history and etymology of it is a reduplication of Scots and English dialect. Argy alteration of argue. Uh-huh. So, there you go. Okay. Doesn't mean it wasn't in Coronation Street, though. I mean, it's also it is there is a there is a <laughs> there's something called the Daily Brexit, and one of the one of the blog posts is called Argy Bargy and what really happened in the Falklands. So we might still be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've just I've just looked up a uh, I just put in Argy Bargy Coronation Street, and there's a blog. Uh, an independent fan site written by and for Coronation Street fans since 2007. And uh, it starts, 
this this post. Uh, the episode is called The Bistro from Hell, and it says, Another week, another argy-bargy in the bistro. It's become commonplace there, and I wonder that the bistro has any customers at all. Wow. Okay. I mean, you yeah, can see he, why it's so popular. Yeah, it's also an Indian restaurant in England. And Oh, sorry, sorry, I got it. It's not the Coronation Street, because people are going to be yelling it. It's the it's East Enders. Argy-bargy is the Indian restaurant in East Enders. It's the Indian restaurant. I honestly should have known this because my wife is the biggest EastEnders fan of all time. Okay, so ask her once we're done this and confirm what I'm saying, but I'm pretty sure it is something in EastEnders for sure. We'll put Incredible. it on the, on the show notes if it's true. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, anyway, sorry, that was a, a long diversion, Bernie. Go on. I don't know what um, we're talking about. <laughs> you, said, you said we were talking about Villa West Ham and oh, you yeah. said Argy Bargy and we all lost our minds. Yeah, it was just back and forth and back and forth and like... What? It was so fun. Like I was checking in and out, and every time I checked in, something crazy happened. Like someone got <laughs> knocked over. There was a shot. Like like it was like one wonderful stuff. And Grealish scored a wonderful goal. Oh. Watkins missed a penalty. Villa had a goal chalked off, and Abuna scored a, a wonderful header from a corner. Like what? Abuna scoring a goal is just madness to me. Like that that doesn't happen. <laughs> But it, honestly, and Moyes wins is doing well in the league. This is this is madness. This is madness. So I've got a problem. What's do we know what 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 Watkins' first name is? Ollie. Right. This is the problem. Ollie Watkins. Every time I hear his name, all I can think of is Carol Baskin from <laughs> Tiger King. What? Because Carol ends in Ollie, and Baskin sounds like. Watkins. So every time I hear Ollie Watkins, I think of Carol Baskins. That's a terrible image to have in your head. I know. So I just don't like thinking about it. That is a, a, a what an insight into Mahanan's mind. Yeah, just word association. I, it just happened, and I can't stop. I can't get over Carol ends in Ollie. It does. <laughs> not, <laughs> it not, does. not the way I you mean, say it, but the way you write it. Well, it ends in O L. O L E. That's how she writes her name. Yeah, but Oli is O L L I E. Mohan is thinking of Oli like Oli Gunnar yeah. Solskjaer. Oh, like. right. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Just Oli Watkins, the Norwegian striker. It's Carole Baskins. Anyway, that's sorry. But yes, that's back fantastic. to back to David Moyes' resurgence. West Ham of fifth. Yeah, they're killing it. I mean, are they getting fancy? Are they what? Getting fans in the stadium soon? Um, they should. They're in London, so I think they'll only get 2,000. Um, but yeah, as, as we talked about earlier in the week, that should that should make them rubbish again because the fans hate them. Yeah, Arsenal getting 2,000 people in the Europa League midweek. That sounds more like a punishment than a prize. Yeah, I'd be surprised if anyone signs up for that, really. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, yeah, no, the Agbona uh, goal, happy for him because, as Bernie said, it happened so rarely. The Grealish strike was was fabulous and made us all annoyed that he'd signed a new deal with Villa because, really, he should be playing in the Champions League. Yep. And I actually really liked the Jared Bowen goal. It was a very clever little head of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I like him. Yeah, I, just... I will admit it. I panned him last season, but he's, he's turning it on. Um, uh, I just for some reason I remembered we didn't mention I know we mentioned Maradona but Diop Papa but yeah. Diop passed away as well at the age of 42 from illness which is a shame because he's he's quite well known around the world you know I think 
played in the Premier League, and then obviously his um, his World Cup antics, nineteen ninety eight was it against two thousand two or two thousand and two against France, opening game. Senegal completely just wowed the world that game. I remember. I remember where I was. I remember being young, watching it, going crazy. Just the African connection, obviously, rooting yeah. for them. I remember that day. That was an incredible footballing moment in my life, and he was definitely a big part of it. I liked him. He always seemed to be the smiling character that seemed like a really nice guy. Yep, cult cult status definitely. When you achieve cult status at the World Cup, like it's different than at a club. Everyone knows you for you know what I mean. Like everyone in the world knew that guy. Shabalala. Uh, he's got it too, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, very, very, very sad. And um, yeah, illness. No, I, don't, I don't know what the illness is. Um, but yeah, very, very yeah, sad. Look, look, man, when he scored for Fulham, dedicated to his goal. Yeah, that was, that was lovely. Yeah, I mean, it's, so it's, a week where you're gonna, it's a week where you're going to get overshadowed by Maradona, obviously, but it's important to know as well. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and one of the best nicknames in the game, Bernie, what, what was it? The wardrobe. I mean... That's fantastic. <laughs> I, I feel like it might be like, I, I, I have no justification for this, but my thought process is he's a defensive midfielder, I believe. And he probably We've puts lost you him. in the wardrobe when he lock, when he gets you. I'm pretty sure he was going to say something about how it's just about his size and it's a bit, you know, looking past his skill. Can you guys hear me now? Whatever it was, I was looking forward to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, can you hear back. me? Yeah, there now he is. Can hear you. I think it's because as a, I think as a defensive midfielder, and I think the idea was when he locks you down, he puts you in the wardrobe and you can't get out. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like instead of putting you in, your, in his pocket, it's like you're in his wardrobe. <laughs> I like it. That's more I comfortable. Like yeah. <laughs> Although I do, you guys saw this game and towards the end, um, Mitrovic was running away with the ball. And wait, 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 wait. Come on. He wasn't running away with the ball. Well, this is my point. I mean, the, the, the pace at which he was moving <laughs> with the ball, you know, wardrobe would have been apt for him too. Alex, I, I'm going to be truly honest. I didn't even see the moment. I just thought there was more coming and I just wanted to make sure. I, I was like, surely he wasn't running with the ball no matter what happened next. <laughs> I didn't even know that was your point. No, you were right. <laughs> Bang on. Morning, we, need, we need to put this into his proper context though. Alex not doing it like his proper service. That's true. Go on. It was a corner at the end of the game. For um, who did they play? Uh, Leicester, Mitrovic, Fulham. Leicester played Leicester. Okay, corner for Leicester. Schmeichel comes up. The ball's cleared, and Mitrovic has it. And Schmeichel's trying to run back into the goal. <laughs> Mitrovic, all he has to do is boot it. Just boot it all the way up <laughs> into the net, empty net. He refused because a he couldn't run close enough to the halfway line, and b he didn't have the legs to kick the ball. <laughs> he was huffing and puffing so hard. <laughs> he looked stressed. <laughs> Bro, he came. How is he huffing and puffing? He came on as a sub in like the. Let me let me pull that up here. He came on as in the. He came on as the sub as in the eighty seventh minute, bro. Eventually, he decided to make a a pass to a teammate, and he underhit it, like he just couldn't. (laughs) This is after seven minutes of football. (laughs) Love it, love it. That's good. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, he's not. He's not someone I would say that to his face for sure, but. So yeah, so that puts the uh, end of a discussion on the Premier League. I think Tottenham top with tied with Liverpool, Chelsea, Leicester, West Ham, which is very weird, Southampton, Wolves, and then Arsenal in 14th, City in 11th, United in ninth, but with a game in hand, taking them up to potentially like third when the game in hand, which is crazy. Fulham out of the bottom three for the first time this season. 
Um, I think the bottom three I'm happy with. West Brom, Burnley, Sheffield. I said to Bernie earlier today, if that is the bottom three at the end of the season, I will be delighted. Because I don't want to see anyone else going. I don't want to see Brighton go down, Crystal Palace, Newcastle. I want them all to stay up. So that doesn't leave me a lot of choices. Fulham, really the only one I'd be okay to switch with maybe a Sheffield, but Sheffield have their moment. I think they're done. Yeah, the Sheffield United's form this season is, is bizarrely shit. I mean, yeah, I expected them to be worse than they were last season because they massively overachieved. But I mean, this is this is kind of remarkable. They have one point. They're, yeah. they're you know, it's it's the fraudulence of Chris Wilder. I rooted for him, I really did. But you know, he's just a fraud, just a fraud. <laughs> okay, Not, nothing else we can say about that, unfortunately. Yeah, just a fraud. Fair enough. And obviously, Burnley, we've already talked about. So, yeah, that will do it. Um, Mohamed, anything uh, anything from La Liga you wanted to yep. mention? Yep, Hazard is fat. And injured now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think, I swear, I swear, I think his fatness is, is what's making him injured. It just, his body can't take. I mean, it he's, can't help. Yeah, he's injured. The last game, he was horrendous. I think they lost Madrid this, this game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Real Sociedad still top of the table there, but Atleti really the real leaders with two games in hand. Um, oh wow! Real, Real Madrid did lose two one to uh, Deportivo Alaves. They did exactly. Lucas Perez with a goal. He killed it apparently. So this is the game where I remember who didn't play, and then he just took it on. Man, he had the most successful dribbles ever in a game versus Madrid. Something crazy, like he just killed it that game. Wow. Um, yeah, I always liked him. I thought he, you could tell he had a good left foot on him, man. Like he's a good player. Um, but yeah. It's not looking good for Madrid or Barcelona. This might be the season where none of them win win the league. It would be nice if it's not Atleti either. I mean, that would be crazy. Imagine like a Villarreal, a Sevilla, or a Sociedad winning the league. That'd be nice. That would that would be lovely. Although if Villarreal win it, obviously that would be incredibly embarrassing for uh, for Arsenal. Um, but Griezmann, can we, Griezmann's goal was was unbelievable. Correct. What Correct. a hit. Correct. And then he did one of his stupid celebrations, which in fairness to him was because his daughter asked him to do it. But the problem with him is that he has stupid ones regardless. <laughs> <laughs> the daughter's just an excuse now. Yeah, exactly. It's like Harry Kane. You know, he's just using his daughter. Um, I swear on my daughter. Yeah, Milan's still top of their of their league. Uh, yeah, Juventus drew to Benevento. Yep. Yeah. Ronaldo yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, they're they're boring to watch. I like Inter. I like watching Inter this season. They're fun. Yeah, they are fun. Uh, and Napoli smashing Roma 4-0 uh, yesterday, which was A, a surprise, and B, a good tribute to Maradona. So. Well, yeah, I think, was it Insignia? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he, great free kick. Uh, but Roma's keeper is horrendous. Who's that guy? Mirante. He's like 38. I do, I'm not sure what he's doing there, frankly. Yeah, he didn't look good at all. All goals were like his fault, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine going into the video analysis session afterwards. Just like all of these were your fault, Antonio. Yeah, everyone can go. Um, <laughs> who did Byron beat Bernie? And then Muller came up with that insane comment. Was Stuttgart. It Stuttgart. He was. What's he on about? You remember the comment? Um, he said, "This is the type of game. Uh, how do the English say it? Like a cold, rainy day in Stoke. Except this isn't Stoke. It's Stuttgart, and Stuttgart aren't." playing badly or something weird like this and it made no sense (laughs) (laughs) yeah he pretty much said it was like something and then negated it in every way he thinks he's after Levin like he thinks he's funny but (laughs) 
No one told him that Lewandowski was not funny. He has very bad friends. That's yeah. honest, honest to God what it speaking, is. Yeah. Sp- speaking of Lederhosen, right? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I, I think like Muller is, you know, he's what, late 20s, early 30s. He's, he, he's looking ahead to the rest of his life and he's trying to slowly transition into a career of comedy. And it's just, it's just German, not going very German well. comedy? Well, that would be a first. Someone's got to try. Right. I mean, I, I thought you were going to say transition into television. And then I was going to say he's in the wrong country because you should join Serie A before you retire. <laughs> and then you really want to get on Italian TV. That's where you want to be. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I wonder what he was on about, though. I mean, maybe Stuttgart is like gray and industrial or something. I don't know. But I'm looking at pictures now. Looks looks all right. Got it's Mercedes one of the biggest Benz cities factory. in England. Like, it's not Stoke. In Germany? Yeah, sorry, in Germany, yeah. It's got a university that literally looks like a palace. So, yeah, no, this this looks. Bro, like... he just he just heard he just heard the still comment and he wanted to shove it in there somehow. <laughs> Anyways, that's all I got from Europe. Yeah, I think oh, that's enough. The uh, African uh, African Champions League final uh, yeah. was uh, this week, and it was between two Egyptian teams, Ali and Zamalek. My team lost in white, Zamalek. So unfortunate, but. Great advert for the Egyptian teams. Great advert for the African Champions League. It was a really fun game to watch. Like, really watchable start to finish. Two golassos this game. Golassos. Mm-hmm. Absolute belters to um, Ahli scoring the second goal. One of, The first goal was a corner, and then the next two, Zamalek's equalizer, was similar to Mars's goal. Just beautiful curler into the top left. And then the winner for Ahli was this beautiful um, volley from outside of the box into the far corner. It was fitting to win any game. Yeah, that happened. Just you know, bring a it little really bit of was. culture to the pod. Was that? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, was that the first time that they faced each other in the Champions League final? Probably not. No. At, at least recently. I mean, Ali has nine now, and Zamalek has five. So they've been there a lot. Yeah. Whether they've been there, it hasn't happened recently. So it was a really cool thing because uh, there was a caricature of the Zamalek looking at a six, and Ali standing on the other side looking at nine, and they were both trying to get their respective ones. So it was. It was a big game. It was, I mean, Egypt was obviously everybody was watching. Great social distancing, you know, Corona plummeted. Yeah. 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 But, um, nice. Nice. All right. Well, I think that's it. I think we can leave it there unless anyone's got anything else. No, nope. I am good. I am good. It's a, it's been a great weekend. It's been a great day <laughs> making fun of you guys. Um, yeah. Feels good. Feels good not to be you. <laughs> We wouldn't know, but enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the Kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience,